Welcome into Toast Film, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Trey. And I'm one of your hosts, Minister Ebo. Guys, let's just go ahead and title this one. This is the ghost episode. Unintentional. It, it kind of was unintentional. It was very unintentional. It all started with a free Paramount Plus account. Yes. Uh, I did a, um, what do you call it, like the trial, the seven-day trial, mm-hmm. to Paramount Plus so we could watch Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Yes. And so we watched that, and then we were like, well, we're doing paranormal. You know, we've never done a list for paranormal, right. so why don't we just rank those as our list? Exactly. And then I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife this weekend. So, guys, this is a haunted episode, but it's okay. I'm your minister. You yep. know, Trey's my assistant. Yep. You know, like they have in the Conjuring movies. You always got the minister and his person with him. Yep. So we will keep you safe from these spirits. <laughs> I'm excited to dive into these. But before we dive in, we're diving into something else. Guys, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, because we've told everybody, so we might have. But we're bringing it back, because it reminds us of Ecta Cooler. It's got a greenness to it. Yep. So this one, if you want to get slimed. If you want to get slimed. By lime. And not only that, beautiful time, by the way. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving coming yeah. up. Thanksgiving's known oh. for pies. Oh my god. I mean, key lime Y'all, pie. that wasn't even intentional. <laughs> a lot of this episode is on the spot stuff. Yeah. But that's perfect, yes. Because at know, Thanksgiving, you have pie. Everyone's got some pies. Well, how about a liquid pie? Yes. Because we took some Smirnoff whipped vodka and mixed it with Simply Limeade. Mm-hmm. For those of you who like key lime pie, it tastes just like key lime pie. It does. I'm drinking my dessert as we speak. It's delicious. I mean, what's better than this? You don't taste any alcohol? Yeah, so be once again, for this one especially, I want to say please drink responsibly because this thing is so <laughs> smooth and sweet <coughs> unless you go down the wrong pipe. Yep. But, <coughs> but it is so sweet, so smooth, even though it's vodka, that... You could get to a very strong place in no time. So just right. be responsible, but have fun. Yeah. You know, give some thanks. And let's get right into it. Let's dive right in, buddy. Because you know what I'm thankful for? <clears throat> I'm thankful for Jason Reitman. Man, I couldn't have picked a better person for the job. Who's Jason Reitman, you ask? <clears throat> well... Trey, in the 80s, there was this movie called Ghostbusters. Yeah. Don't know if you've heard of it. Small cap. That uh, was co-written and directed by Ivan Reitman. Well, Jason is his son. Yep. And he co-wrote and directed the new Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. Trey, let me me pull a a tray on the viewers for a sec. So, guys, this weekend, (coughs) it grossed $44 million in its opening weekend. Ooh. On a $75 million budget. And that's 44 is only in the States. That's not including the Thursday showings. They say it's above 60 already. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we have Thanksgiving. A lot oh. of people watch movies during Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Surprisingly, they do. And, Treya, let's go to the tomatoes. So it's at 61% with the critics and 96% with the audience. Oh, my God. 
And the consensus Ghostbusters Afterlife crosses the streams between franchise revival and exercise and nostalgia. And this time around, the busting mostly feels good. Ah, uh, it's well said. I agree with that, except take the busting out. Or, I mean, the mostly, because yeah. I think busting feels good on this. Guys, Ghostbusters Afterlife, like I said, Jason Reitman, you know, son yeah. of, and Dan Aykroyd <clears throat> co-wrote this, who yeah. he co-wrote the original also. Yeah. Him and Harold Ramis, along with Ivan Reitman, as I stated. Yep. And so this one, it stars my arch nemesis, McKenna Grace, <laughs> because she's too talented. She's extremely talented. And it makes me sick, as young as she is, that she's Man. done so much. I mean, <laughs> dude, she's already been in Ghostbusters, Marvel, uh, I, Tanya. Like, she's done so much already. Yeah. There, I'm pretty sure she was she's in, good. in a Christopher Nolan film, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. I, there, it was, but I can't remember which one. Yeah. But guys, so her, her brother, who is Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, yeah. and their mom, played by Carrie Coon, they are, uh, the mom is the daughter of Egon, mm -hmm. Harold Ramis, you know, rest in peace. And they're broke, flat broke. I'm not talking about broke. I'm talking about landlord is not even playing. He just is like, hey, guess what? You're evicted. Get out of here. Mm. Well, wouldn't you know it, her father, you know, Egon, passed away <clears throat> and left her this land. Is there any money he left her? No. Just this house right. on some land. So they go there, and she's like, well, what the hell am I going to do? I, don't, I have nowhere to live except here. And so she's trying to figure that out. Meanwhile, Finn, he's just trying to get some tail. Like, okay. that's it. Like, that's his big story. <clears throat> All right. You know, he has the hots for this girl that he saw, and so okay. he's trying to get with her. And Finn and McKenna Grace are brother, brother and sister. sister in the movie. And McKenna Grace, she... <clears throat> I'm gonna speculate once again. This is speculation. I think she has autism because the way she operates in this movie, I don't think McKenna Grace does. I think the character Phoebe has autism because she does not act like your normal child. You know, she doesn't really show emotions. She's very dry. She's like Egon, very dry to the point. Doesn't really process things like we do, but highly intelligent. Mm -hmm. And she was just <coughs> phenomenal. She meets this little kid named Podcast, who's just hilarious. Okay. And the greatest teacher of all time, Paul Rudd as Mr. Gruberson. Oh, man. Guys, this guy would have been my favorite teacher because he's so terrible. I love it. So basically, kids who don't... This is a little podunk town. Uh -huh. So kids who don't have anywhere to go... You know, they don't have recess or something. Right. They have summer school. Right. And summer school is Paul Rudd, instead of teaching, doing his little side project, which is studying um, geology. Mm -hmm. Like, he's studying earthquakes and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he just puts on movies for these kids to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is Cujo. Uh-huh. The other ah. one is the original Child's Play. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> he befriends Phoebe... Not only because he wants to get with her mom. Okay. But uh, Phoebe... A lot of tail around here. Yeah. Phoebe is very into... Like I said, she's very into science. She's not good with people. Okay. Her way of trying to talk to people is dad jokes. Okay. Which, you know, I love dad jokes. I love that, too. And so she hits it off with him <clears throat> because she can talk about science. She understands that. Okay. 
And so they start to piece the puzzles together, and then, you know, wouldn't you know it, ghosts start happening, things start happening. That's all I'll say. Okay. I just, I decided there was a point I was going to get to and stop. Okay. Because I don't want to spoil things for people. Right. But let me tell you the pros and the cons. I'll start with the cons. You know, we like to say the pros second. If I had any con, I cannot name one. And I'm being genuine. I'm not trying to talk this movie up. Mm -hmm. I am being genuine. For me, the pacing was good. (laughs) I liked every single character. Everything they did made sense to me. Okay. I thought the jokes were funny. You know, they didn't resort to, like, bathroom humor and crap like that. Like, they actually have, like, cute jokes. Okay. You know, if you've seen the trailer, there's some mini Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Uh, okay. And they do a lot of marshmallow jokes with them, oh, which was funny. funny. And, you know, I just really enjoyed <clears throat> it. The special effects, I really enjoyed. For a $75 million budget, I thought they did a lot with that. And, man, let me tell you, Rock Tomatoes hit on the head. If you want some nostalgia, yeah, then, oh <clears throat> boy, let me just tell you. You you understand the uh, villain of the movie. <laughs> you you have some reference to the villain. Yeah, I'll just say that. But guys, the biggest pro of this is if you were a fan of Ghostbusters and you have children, now, mm-hmm. you know me and Trey don't. We're we're smart. We're not ready for kids. You know, right. we know what a commitment that is. Right. So, but you know, a lot of people have kids. <clears throat> I think this is the perfect bonding movie for a parent with their child. Okay. Because it focuses on the kids. The kids are the lead characters. Leave no doubt about that. But it feels like Ghostbusters. Like, this is the only time I'm going to say this. Not to harp on the 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah. But that one tried to point out, hey, look, we're just like the Ghostbusters. Or, hey, this is why we're different than Ghostbusters. Yeah. This one's just like, well, here's a movie. And hopefully it feels like Ghostbusters. They're not trying to tell you they are. They're trying to give you the feeling. The score is very, like, eerie. Kind of, you know, those little notes like they had in the original Ghostbusters. Okay. And it's just so good. And there's something that happens that's just so amazing. And it'll give you the warm fuzzies. Oh, man, that's great. The best thing I can say is I laughed and I cried in this movie. Okay. Sometimes consecutively. (laughs) And a lot of franchises could learn from this movie. Man, that's great to hear. Because Ghostbusters is such an iconic franchise. We love this franchise. It's it's known as a family-friendly movie with some of the best soundtracks. Uh, of all time. Oh, and you do get the... <clears throat> good. Good. I figured you would. I mean, if you're going to be nostalgic, you have to have that music, you know? And so, like I said, this one is even more family-friendly. <coughs> Great movie. Just, I cannot say enough things. Well, you heard it here on Toast to Film, guys. Run out to see this movie. Run out to see it. Because it's only in theaters. It's Thanksgiving. Go with your family. And I and one, one question for the audience mm-hmm. here. Is this a movie you have to see in theaters, or it would be just as good at home? I mean, you could watch it at home, but I am telling y'all, see it in theaters, because, like, for example, The Marshmallow Men. There's so much going on in that scene, and there's so little, 
that the big screen makes it easy so you can see what's happening. Okay. And then, like, when there's a bunch of... I'm trying to find words not to spoil too much, but let's just say there's a lot of special effects happening. Mm -hmm. It's great to have that big screen because you really get the feel of it. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it feel big. Right. So, you could watch it at home. If you watch at home, you will have a great time. But I am telling you, if you, especially if you saw Ghostbusters in theaters, take your kids with you mm-hmm. so y'all can have that bonding moment because I'm telling <clears> you, <throat> they're going to love it and you'll love it too. Good to know. Five man. stars. Five stars. Put it guys. on the record. Five we don't, stars. We don't get a lot of five stars on Toasted Films, so it's good to hear that. It really is. Yeah. But is it time to dive into our next ghost so, film? You know, we. We were talking about family-friendly ghost movie. Well, what if, you know, you don't really, you know, you put the kids away. You want to watch something, you know, for the adults or the, you know, bigger kids, something like that. Well, that's where you get Paranormal Activity next to Ken. I am going so, a real cool thing before we start. Christopher Landon. Who, Love the man. You know, one of our favorites. Yeah. Responsible for Freaky and the Two Happy Death Days. Which, to me... Since 2015, one of the best horror original pieces. Yeah, because, I mean, Happy Death Day, I mean, yeah, it's Groundhog Day, but horror movie. But the way he went about it, and Jessica Roth being the perfect actress, and then he made the sequel, which was just as good to me. And then you have um, Freaky, which was crazy. I just rewatched it. <clears throat> well, did you know Christopher Landon has written, of these seven paranormal activities, that's right, for those who didn't know, there mm-hmm. are seven, he has written five. That's crazy. He only did not write the first, and he did not write Ghost Dimension. Wow. But he has written two, three uh, marked ones, <clears throat> he wrote this one. Well, you know what, that, that makes sense, because that explains where he's built his funding, mm-hmm. because... This director came out of nowhere. We didn't know he did this, but then I was like, where's this Christopher Landon guy come from? He's he's funded Happy Death Day 1 and 2, now he's done Freaky, he's mm-hmm. written and directed it, and they're both very, all three of them are very successful. He also did, he also wrote <laughs> um, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, he also wrote Disturbia. Oh, wow. He wrote Blood and Chocolate. Okay. Like, so this man's got some horror love. You know, I appreciate he's, that. He's done some stuff. Absolutely. Marked Ones was like his first big movie that he directed. Oh, wow. Only one he directed, Marked Ones. Which was one of my favorites, well, man. we'll see when we get oh, to yeah, that. yeah, we'll dive into But there. before we get to the list, Trey, what did you think <coughs> of this film? So, diving right into it, I loved Next of Ken. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... Let me tell you the things about it that stood above the other ones. Okay? Okay. So, we're doing a little differently. I'm going to mm-hmm. dive into the pros on yeah. this one. That final act was incredible. It was wild. The thing about Paranormal Activities, <clears throat> they normally do have a good final act. They yeah. have something that builds up. Very suspenseful. Very well, epic. If I may, with the Paranormal Activities, that's kind of what you could say is what you're paying for. Right. Because with them, you know, you're going to get a lot of little crap. Yeah. Like, oh, this chair moved, or oh, did you see that shadow? Yeah. 
And then the final <clears> act, <throat> you're going to have like things flying, right. people screaming. Exactly. This final act, without giving anything away, I mean, we're talking an amazing final, an explosive final act that yeah. you're getting more than you bargained for, and it lives up to the hype. So, with that being said, I will say, until the final act, it was probably one of the lesser scary ones. But I'll, I'll agree with that. And uh, another thing <coughs> that Paranormal Activity is known for is lore. There yeah. are very much movies where they're trying to throw in a lot of lore. Yeah, it's, well, after the first two. Yeah, two, it put in just a little bit, just like in one, it just yeah. peppers. But after but that, three they, re on, yeah. they really start to. But I really appreciated the lore they were building. Yeah. Because, you know, that kind of helped when there weren't many scares. Yeah. And let's get into another pro, because, guys, let me tell you in these movies, mm -hmm. people do some stupid things. Yeah. These two main characters. Hold on, I had the page up, but I accidentally closed it. I gotta get this character's name because let me tell y'all. Our lead character, so she through Ancestry.com finds somebody she's related to. She was adopted. She doesn't okay. know anyone from her family. Okay, yep. And she finds somebody, and she decides, hey, I'm going to go meet them, because I want to know, you know, where my family comes from. Yeah. And so they go to this place where they're believed that it's Amish. Exactly. And so we have Margot and her boyfriend, Chris, and Dale. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Margot <laughs> and Chris did not want to live. They did yeah. everything in their power to try yeah. and die, especially Margot. I have never seen a character want to die more than Margot. So, we have to remember this. In her defense, she's probably not as worried because this is her family. So she's probably thinking in her head, my family's not going to kill me. I don't think she was thinking. Well, she was dumb. You know who was no. thinking, though? Shout out to Dan Lipper as yeah. Dale. <clears throat> my boy Dale... The, he was the stoner character. This guy knew, though. He was, like, trying to tell him, be like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. And he was right about everything. Meanwhile, Margot's like, oh, I hear somebody, sounds like somebody walking above my room at three in the morning. I'm going to go up these stairs that's unlocked for some reason. Yeah. Oh, there's a room. Let me rummage through this drawer. Yeah. Oh, there's a... Let me pull out the drawer. Oh, there's a door behind it. Let me go in the door. Like, girl, has you yeah. lost your mind? Well, especially because <clears throat> this is way out in the country. Like we said, Amish. So yeah. no re cell reception, no flashlights, yeah. nothing like that. Like, you know. Exactly. And Christopher Lambert really, to me, had smart writing in this one. And let me point this out. He wrote, not directed. I yeah, he wrote, not directed. I don't think they were favorable enough in the critical review yeah. of this movie, or just or just the reviews in general, because I think this was a better made movie, and I think it was a little bit more enjoyable than most of them. Yeah. This one had decent writing. You understood the mechanics of yes. the movie. Like, do the one thing that's so smart that, okay... Before I even say that, 
nine out of ten times when me and Eddie watch a movie, we're watching a movie, you're like, wow, this person's so dumb. Why are they doing that? And there, sure, there's a little bit of this, but the overall story, they decided, okay, let's make this an Amish family with no technology. So it makes sense that there's no reception. They can't just run away. It's also give you freezing that. cold. I'll give you that. So it makes sense that, you know, they're stuck there. So they can't just leave. I'm talking about some of her actions. Oh, no, I agree with that. We're stupid, but I yes, agree with that. the actions of, like, not leaving, things yeah. of that nature. They they were, that was smartly written. Yes. But, yeah, me and Eddie both agree. The, you know, Margot, I mean, good Lord, I mean, she was so dumb. But <clears throat> that's how they, they wrote the character, which still was fun, you know? And the Amish actors, like Tom Nowicki as Jacob. Amazing. I thought all the Amish actors did a very good job at, Doing that very dry, yeah. very you know ye old yeah type. Like, I agree. They didn't seem like caricatures. They seem mm. like okay, this is people. They're shy from cameras mm-hmm. because that's not in their culture, right? And there's so many revelations in this movie, and because when you're watching, it, you're like, okay, this is a paranormal activity movie. It's like other than the found footage, I'm kind of struggling to figure it out, and. It gets to a point, and it's it's wild. This is the only one that's not tied in to the others. Right. Because all six of the other movies, I know because I rewatched them all this yeah. week, they are all tied together. They have a central theme with Toby. Yeah. But... <clears throat> and Katie. Yeah, and Katie. I really liked that they are continuing the franchise because the pair There's one coming out next year. Even better, even yeah. better, because I'm going to be honest, guys. Paranormal Activity is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what it's supposed to be. I've enjoyed them. I remember watching the first two in theaters. I don't think I watched any of the other ones in theaters, but the first two are definitely... Sorry, not next year. It's um, 2023, Paranormal Activity, The Other Side. Oh, I'm excited about this. Click on the director. <clears throat> uh... Vincent Summers, but um, Slenderman Origins. Oh, so this is a first-time director. Ah, interesting. All right. Well, either way, guys. Hmm. I like we've said we've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sure, there were some dumb moments. So I mean, just know that going in, but also know that there are twists and turns in this movie, and. In a smart way, mm-hmm. like, there's some things you're like, okay, I I I dig the writing behind this. Like I can I can see this, and if you want a good final fourth act, you're gonna get it in this movie. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> you know, it's just like in the Saw movies. You watch the movie, you get through, you know, the gore to get that done in it. Yeah, the reveal At- of how it all pulls together. Yeah, Paranormal Activity. You're just waiting for shit to hit the fan, but man, and it hits it. Absolutely. I mean, that fan's gone when this oh, goes man. off. And it they oh they exceeded tremendously in me and Eddie's eyes. So guys, really don't pay attention to the reviews. It needs to get a little bit more love. Mm-hmm. Next of kin, go check it out. So for me, because I need I need more watches on yeah. this one because I noticed when I was watching some of the other paranormals, my reviews have changed mm-hmm. on them. But I would put this at about three point five. <clears throat> I was about to say a three point six because. You know, it it did a little extra because of that final act. Mm-hmm. I give it a lot more props specifically because yeah. of that. So yeah, it we you always say a movie starts out at three yeah. and then it goes down or above. 
this movie exceeded a little bit better. Yeah, I would say this is a 3.6 because, like out of I, 5. Like I said, the, you know, with these paranormal movies, you're sitting through a lot of nothing to get to the final act. Yeah. Where everything goes wild. Yeah. And in this, you're sitting through a lot of nothing, and at a couple points, that length hit me. So I really need to get more watches in mm. so I can really feel it. I think yeah. especially if I could get a second watch in, Absolutely. I'll really understand it. I agree, buddy. I agree. But now, guys, we normally do a top five. Yeah. But <clears throat> what, what's extra two? I mean, hell, yeah. usually I have like six honorable mentions. And this time we're doing a ranking. You yeah. Know? We're, doing, we're giving you a little extra Halloween bonus. Absolutely. Type deal. So how about this? Instead of us doing your seven and my seven, why don't we do seven together, six together, like that? All right. If that's okay with you. Absolutely. So, do you want to tell us your first, your number seven, and why? <clears throat> so, my number seven is Paranormal Activity 4. Hmm. It was my least favorite. I didn't really care for the footage to be done through computer lenses, you know? I could see that. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And it was the most teeny boppy because it centered around yeah. teenagers, which also just really disengaged me from the movie because at the time I was watching it, I was older, I couldn't really connect to the characters. Dude, we have a very <clears throat> similar reason for... Like, different answers, but very similar reason for our number sevens. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of it, four was a little cultish, but they tried to dive a little towards the cult, but didn't give me enough, and we'll talk about that later. So, I mean, for me, four definitely has always been my least favorite. So, for me, because, as I said, I have rewatched all of them mm. or you know watch Mexican for first time watches so for me my number seven is three. Oh wow i'll tell you why after re-watching everything the young actresses are <clears throat> phenomenal yeah they do so good but them being so young mm. compared to all the other movies where you have you know at least teenagers young adults and some of them or adults yeah i just you know, that one is my least favorite to rewatch just because the little girls, it does have some good scares in it, and the ending just goes wild. Yeah, like, it Which does. we love. Yeah. But for the similar to you, where I'm just not connected as much. Yeah, I get that. I would put three as my number seven. Okay, I got you. My number six is number six, Ghost mm. Dimensions. Dude, same. Yeah? Okay, all right, good, good. Yeah. So, Ghost Dimensions... Obviously, a little better than seven because mm-hmm. our seventh place because it fully introduces the cult and it delivers on what they're um, trying to summon. Not to play Homer, yeah, but <clears throat> Ghost Dimensions was not written by Christopher Landon, yeah, and you can tell, yeah, because I think they got too ambitious. With trying to introduce so much and play so much. Yeah. And it just kind of, you kind of lose focus. I totally agree. So, the most recent one, Next of Kim, we just talked about, Mm -hmm. and Six. Both sent around a cult, but you nailed it. There's so many different characters, and you don't know any of them. No. So, you're taken out of it. But with Next of Kim, 
you have some character development with all the family. So when you see them acting weird, mm-hmm. you feel it more. And also in Ghost Dimension, how did you feel about <clears throat> seeing the ghost? Wasn't as big. I, I didn't like it. I like something like Insidious where yeah. you see a shadow. Yeah. And it's very minimalist. I didn't really like that you see it and it looks like the thing from the Frighteners. Exactly. That kind of took, I mean, at points they did cool stuff, but at the same time it really took me out of it. Yeah, me too. I was like, I don't know. But like we said, Christopher Landon did not write that one. Yeah. And they were trying. They they did a good job. I mean, we don't hate any of these movies. Right. You know, but Ghost Dimension, definitely number six. Right, I agree. What's your number five? My number five is number five, the Marlins. Really? Oh, wait, no. Sorry. No? Okay. I I misplaced my numbers. Okay. My number five, I'll get to in a second. Okay. So, I love the Mart ones, okay? Yeah. So, we're starting to get into territory where I'm loving all of them, because I love the Mart ones. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like Chronicle. Yeah. Had a really good story. I really dug the actors, and I liked the family behind it, and, like, the friends, the relationships. They did something really cool that I've always dug. I really liked how this guy's getting possessed. And instead of him getting scared by it, he actually is being tricked by the demon. Yeah. I think he's having powers. Yeah. So he's embracing it more opposed to fighting it. And he was kind of a dweeb, kind of yeah. picked on. So it was really cool they did that. Then, I just, first off, I love the Hispanic community. So the way they were doing some things really made you feel Mm -hmm. the tension because the mother or the grandmother the abuela yeah she was just i mean you get the hell out of here demon kind of thing Mm -hmm. and the way she would like worship and praise it it was like eerie because she was so against it oh and dude that scene when he's going in the basement and he pulls up the floorboard it's like a hidden compartment that scene one of my favorites yeah so, number five, yeah, definitely the Mart ones. So, my number five is Next of Kim. Okay. And I'll get into more of this later, but like I said, Next of Kim, the only reason I put it at number five is because, you know, it's more recent, mm-hmm. and I the characters, like, I was like, y'all really don't have any life instincts. Yeah. But, like we said, that final act is so good that it raised it above two of the others. I agree. Completely agree. So, what's your number four? So, my number four is also, is number seven. Oh, nice. Yeah. Next again. Next again. So, um, next again was fantastic. Yeah, I really don't have to dive much into it because y'all know how I feel about it. But, just a really solid movie. Solid entry into the franchise. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. Um, and I'll rewatch it just for that final act. Yeah. You know? So, my number four is number five, the Mark Twins. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. Because rewatching that, it's really cool to see, like, the superhero thing. But also, I liked the characters. Yes. Because they make you really kind of feel for them. Like, they, it opens with him graduating high school mm-hmm. and shows how proud his family is. Yeah. And then, you know, that's just, you know, the calm before the storm. Yeah. And it goes wild. Yeah. I agree. Martwin's one of my absolute favorites. So what's your number three? Probably could, make, probably could move that one up. My number three is number three. Oh, so 
I know what your rest of your list is. Though. Yeah, and then so you, I know four is up there for you then. Yeah. But um, I loved number three. There was a scene in number three that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. It, you know, what's funny about the Paranormal Activity movies? There's really one scene in each movie that dis- that re- makes you remember that movie yes. for that one scene. And that one scene for me was when the married couple mm-hmm. was going through the VHS tapes. And they saw something. And when they went back to replay it, you know, they saw it again. And I don't know why that scene was so successful for me. It was very unsettling. Yeah. It just, I don't know, I just had a had a problem with, you know. Uh, it just gave me a creepy Dude, vibe. Dude, understandable. But three to me, it was a flashback to the 80s when yeah. they were younger. And the two sisters, and like they were going through things. It worked on so many levels. They did, you know, the Bloody Mary in the, in the bathroom. Um, mm-hmm. And the scares just really hit home to me. I still feel like 3, I think why three's so high for me is because it felt a lot similar to 1 and 2. It had a lot of the same vibes and the pacing, you know. So, yeah, that that's my reason, but really enjoyed it. And I also think I really like 3 because I love 1 and 2 so much. Three were still connected to them. Yeah, like really connected. I, I mean, can give you that. Well, you know, I mean, I forget if it's at the very beginning of three or the very end of three, but it shows like the Mia. adult. Yeah. Them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's my number three. So my number three is four. Okay. I completely understand. Trust me. After yeah. rewatching it, I completely understand what you're saying about the teens. Yeah. I kind of like that though, because the parents are completely writing it off. Yeah. But the little kid, the young one, oh, yeah. he is completely like being tricked by Hunter and the demon. Oh. And then so you have Catherine Newton in the middle where she's like, is no one going to accept that this is weird? Like, what's this kid doing? Yeah. like, And she's like bringing up these valid points and the parents are like, it's okay, sweetie, you're young. You'll understand one day. Mm. And it has some crazy stuff, like when she's in the garage. Yeah. And the demon, like, slams the garage door shut and then turns the car on. So it's basically going to make it look like she commits suicide. And she's able to get into the car and she drives through the garage door. That's right, I do remember And she's, that. like, hysterical. And they're like, what the hell were you doing? She's like, hey, close by itself. Like, That's right. It did. That did have some good moments. And also, I like... The attempt, because this, it worked like very little for me, but mm. I at least like the idea of it, where they did the um, Xbox dots, oh. and so you could like see the shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the movement, I at least like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that, dude, so completely. is my judgment right that we both have two as number two and one as number one? All right, so let's get into two. Okay. Dude, two. Incredible. Incredible. When you see two, you're like, man. But then when you get to the end of two, see, we don't mind saying spoilers for the older ones. Because, I mean, those came out when we were getting out of high school. Yeah. Oh, They've yeah. They've been out for years. Dude, two, when Katie shows up at the end and snaps old buddy's neck. There's a scene. Oh. So they pay a lot of attention to the basement in yeah. two. And you know the basement just calls for dread, yeah. but you haven't gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, 
she gets taken and dragged down the basement and you yeah, know by Toby. That, yeah. And you know from then on out, she's never gonna be right again. She's possessed. She's a goner. You just know it. And they do such a good job leading up to that. I love the family in that one. I love the how the dad's like a yeah. security um you know, salesman and And the mom, which is Katie's sister, yeah. she's real sweet. Yeah. And they have their son Hunter. Yeah. And so it was really cool. Also, they did some good shots with the pool. And the dog. The pool, the dog, the kitchen. Okay. Oh, my God. Guys, I am going on record. The scariest... Okay, not scariest. Most shocking. That's a better word. Because we'll get in a second to what I think is the scariest scene in the whole franchise. Yeah. The most shocking scene in the entire franchise is when that kitchen exploded. Yeah. Like, she's just sitting there, and you're like, okay, is this... Because in Paranormal Activity, for those who haven't seen it, if there's anybody, there's filler scenes, and there's scenes where they're building the tension. Yes, And you yes. never know what you're getting, because yep. it could be something mm. like, oh, that mug moved a little bit. Or it could just be, okay, we're just going to show them just yeah. here. This girl sitting in there, like, making a sandwich or something, and every pantry... Whoever did special effects, bravo. Every pantry shoots everything out of it. Yeah. So the entire kitchen explodes. When mm-hmm. that happened, bro, I jumped like out of my chair. Man. It you just don't expect it. Absolutely not. Because they did something very bold in this one with that kitchen scene. Bates was saying, This house is haunted by paranormal activity, and we're gonna show it to you. And we're gonna scare you. We're gonna hit you right in the face with it. Dude, it was so good. They also introduced all the scenes with the baby in the crib yeah. and the baby monitor. That was excellent. Oh, dude. Two, oh. Two was just and so good. And it's a good. prequel, but at the yes. very end, it's a sequel. Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was a cool turn of events. I do, They too. do a lot with time in these movies yeah. because, like, two, it's a prequel. Yeah. Except the last five minutes. Yeah. That's a sequel. Absolutely. That takes place right after one. Mm-hmm. So they do some cool stuff, but guys... I don't think there's any way to not make the first paranormal activity yeah. the top dog. There's there's no question about it. Let's let's talk about this. You said the one thing I've been waiting to bring up about number one. The pacing. Yeah. One was an exceptional film. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this. Had the smallest budget of any of them. Mm-hmm. Had the lowest budget. Orrin Pelly. Great writer, director. Great, great, great actors. I mean, the two that did it, phenomenal. And it was their actual names. Yeah, exactly. And what was so good about it was that they built something so traumatizing for our generation. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that in theaters. I was terrified. And here's the thing I love about this movie. Not only does one have the most replay value, hands down, the reason why it's got the replay value is because every 15 minutes, they deliver a good scare. Because A good scare. Every 15 minutes, they're, you know, in between each 15 minutes, so, like, it's daytime. And so they they did an exceptional job associating nighttime with paranormal activity. They even did some good stuff in daytime. They like the Ouija board. They did. They did. But you definitely associated the fear oh, yeah. with the nighttime. And what I loved about it is when it hit nighttime... And oh. they, you were watching through the camera lens in their bedroom, and you saw the camera lens speed up. But when it stopped, 
Yeah. And it started playing. Buckle you up. knew something was coming up, so, man. So, the scariest scene, and this is a 100% true story. I was like 18 or 19 when this movie came out. And for those who don't know, like, paranormal stuff freaks me out more than anything. Because if I can see something, yeah, that's scary. But I can see it. Yeah, I can hide from it. I can't see something... That has always messed with me, especially like demons and, you know, spirit, dark spirits, stuff like that. But there's a scene early in the movie. This is one of the early ones when things start ramping up a lot. And you hear this shrill scream and then boom. And you hear it sounds like the biggest fist just punched their wall and their chandeliers shaking. That scream I literally slept with my lights on. Oh, man. Because, as I mentioned on the podcast, like, I've had some spiritual stuff happen. And when I saw it in me, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I know. I and know, then, man. like, the baby powder, you see the footsteps and, like, the door and the covers moving. And you it looks like a figure is in yeah. there. And you see her being pulled out. But the one with the chandelier, like you said, really got me. That was a good Because it one. was just out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just scream, slam. And it's the... It's that sound they build up to that moment, that like ominous, like nothing, nothing, but you just hear this, like it's the sound they do every time when they're expecting a big scene. There's like a little static scene. Yeah. You can... And then it just stops. Mm-hmm. And then you hear some. Whoever, oh my God, man. Paranormal Activity 1 revolutionized a franchise for our generation. It took what Blair Witch Project laid the foundation for and made it better and showed us the max potential. Yeah, it did because Blair Witch was excellent. For its time. Yeah, excellent for its time. We love the Blair Witch Project. we grew up on it. But, man, when I tell you that (laughs) Paranormal Activity, they did more with sound. Yeah. They did more with the footage. Yeah. And what I liked about it is one thing a lot of people go in you have people that love horror movies but they hate found footage movies yeah. that's where Blair Witch lost a lot of its budget Paranormal Activity gained a lot because they did stabilizing found footage they yeah. didn't create like motion sickness yeah, for a exactly. lot of audience they did it where it's on a tripod Yeah, and they also did something more relatable Yeah, like oh these are kids looking for an urban legend right like this is you know old boy and his girl in yeah. their house exactly and they've been hearing noises yeah like that's about as relatable as you can get mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so paranormal activity if you've never seen it i mean it's a it's a spooky movie i'll genuinely say that that it's you know spooky but so much fun. If you, Once you get time. past it, and I will tell you, as somebody who, I just said, you know, slept with the light on after watching the first one, with the years and, you know, rewatches, I've gotten more accustomed to yeah. it. Yeah. Because I just watched all of them. I was good. So, give it a shot. Go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Check out Next of Kin. You can do a free trial on yep. Paramount Plus. Absolutely. You know, not saying to do it, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's out there. You can also watch Clifford the Big Red Dog. Mm-hmm. But guys, we are at the end of the episode. We told you about the ghosts, then we busted them, and it made us feel good, along with oh, yeah. this key lime pie. 
So we just hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate it. If we have any Canadian listeners, they've already celebrated Thanksgiving. There you go. But there's so many ways you can reach it. If you want to tell us your favorite paranormal activity, yeah. if you want to tell us why you'd like, or who knows, maybe you dislike Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're open for everything. You can yeah. do it so many ways. Facebook.com slash Toast2Film. That's the number two. You can look us up on Twitter at Film underscore Toast. You can look us up on the Grams and the TikTok. Absolutely. A toast to Film, all one word. Or email us directly, bingingandbrewing at gmail.com. And from Trey and myself, we just wish you good night. And good viewing. da 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 da